0: Hello, and you're listening to The 7th Reel. This week, Macbeth, a 1971 film directed by Roman Polanski, and The Tragedy of Macbeth, a 2000... No, wait, 2000, 2021 try film, try <laughs> directed by not the Coens, just Joel Cohen. This was my pick because I thought it would be interesting to match these adaptations side by side. What do you guys think?
1: Well, you picked it, so why did you pick it, and what did you think, start off?
0: Well, I've always wanted to see the Polanski mm-hmm. Macbeth. Uh, Yusuf, you and I tried to start it a couple of years ago. We didn't make it past the first 10 minutes, and mm-hmm. I've always wanted to see more. <laughs> mm-hmm. And having s- and I've seen the tragedy of Macbeth earlier this year, so I have like a clearer understanding on like the thread of the story. So I was like, okay, so I can watch this and actually know what's going on this time. And I did, and I enjoyed it a lot more.
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, did you think it was worthwhile?
0: I prefer the Polanski version. I thought
1: it was a lot more fun. I
2: and hate yeah, the whole, I gen- the Cohen one. Like, I hate it uh, with a burning passion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought, I thought you liked the visuals, right? Because of I did, just, like... I did like the visuals. The first
2: time <laughs> I watched it, the visuals and were enough to, like, justify mm-hmm. the whole film. But now, no. it was just, like... It sucked you into an entire world of misery. The whole film was miserable. It was mm. dog. It was boring. That's not what Shakespeare yeah. is. Like, it doesn't need to be that dog. It's literally like if Zack Snyder did Shakespeare, this is what would be the result. <laughs> That's awesome. And I hate it. It just completely misunderstanding the whole play. There's no comic relief. Just, Just terrible. I just really didn't like it.
1: Yeah, the entire time I kept thinking, why? Like, why yeah. this? Why would, like, what justifies making another Macbeth adaptation? And also, uh, why now? And, like, I know, like, what it was, was such a
2: miserable time. Like, mm-hmm. why make the most miserable film you could possibly make? Yeah, like, surely yeah, make something know. hopeful, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And especially, like, that it didn't add anything to it. It just. Didn't no subtracted stuff it was like
2: yeah like none of so, the madness of macbeth or lady Macbeth was even in it like that's like the whole point is them feeling guilty about it and they, they had a
1: few cool hallucination scenes where they were just like yeah you know thinking the
0: polanski one has much cooler hallucination yeah, it's, awesome. Scenes. it's awesome it's awesome like the the crazier the movie got the end the, the more happier I got I was like oh
1: this is what he's doing Well the, the thing I, I'm always so curious about is obviously the context of the movie Yes like, let's talk about the context like what do you what do you think? obviously for for listeners we need to clarify. Uh, Sharon Tate his wife was murdered the year before and then he his next project was which, which was supposed to be the day of the Dolphin, He uh, mm-hmm. scrapped or just couldn't do. And then he chose yeah. this to to do this, and it was uh, with Hugh Hefner produced it with the Playboy.
2: Yes, film a production. Playboy film. Crazy.
1: And so I am just curious as to what do you think uh, was the reason behind it, and even if it, there's no like explicit reason, you think maybe subconsciously, what do you think he was he was trying to do?
0: I think like there's obviously there's the theme of guilt and violence and guilt right and the and, and the trauma that follows in the wake of violence i think the most visually explicit sequence in was when the uh, the family the mother and the child were ambushed in the house mm-hmm. by the assassins and it gets burned down and that was that genuinely felt like him internal not internalizing but trying to work through a lot of that grief by representing it, hope like maybe consoling himself through art is kind of what I felt was going on a lot of the times cuz it visualizes cuz just the way it's visualized, like the the shot of the burning cross like in with in the room like it felt also explicit and so hellish that it's like they can you can not not think of the murder when you're watching that scene like that's at least to me and also the all oh, the, the the actual killing itself the first like the, the stabbing and stuff like the messy and visceral and just unpleasant it was it felt like him, yeah. Like this is an opportunity for him to work through some of that trauma, and I think the and but by extension that adds a lot more texture to the story, and and more importantly justifies itself as an adaptation.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. It definitely adds like uh, from well, I I read it to understand this movie because of the mm-hmm. very interesting like events surrounding it so i wanted to watch it but i think Mm -hmm. it it adds something or manages to capture something in the text whereas the cone one i i don't know if it i guess it visually it's very interesting and stuff but it's still like i just the entire time i was like so i mean what else like bored yeah i mean it wasn't like
0: you made it boring
1: I, i don't i don't think
0: it's like
2: It's too serious.
0: It's too dark. It's too serious. It feels like a play. It feels like you're watching the play and you're like, oh, we got to like watch the play. But no, the the play
2: was, you know, Shakespearean audiences were made from peasants, the queen, like everyone was there. There was no discrimination. It wasn't just a higher up, like fancy people going. It was Mm -hmm. everyone. So it wouldn't be like really elitist and difficult to watch because people are having the only day off in a week to come and watch it for a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. Mm So it's not going to be boring and miserable, and it's clearly they just didn't understand that because they didn't do they do any research. Because how can you not, like, know? Well,
1: the the really weird part about it is that anyone who would want to see this movie, I felt, would have probably already come across a version of it or the play or the text. Mm -hmm. So it was very like odd. Like, who is this made for? And I can't help but just think that it it was made for himself <laughs> yeah. yeah he wants to do his well I, what do you think is the intent
0: behind how peered down visually it is right the german i think it takes it takes some inspiration from early german expressionism mm-hmm.
1: uh,
2: that's giving uh, it too like much harsh,
0: it's giving it too much well you can definitely tell like the way the lot, sets are laid out and shadows. how right yeah, actually, a little bit, quite quite film noir, and in, in terms of how much this lighting plays into the
1: film. Oh well, that's very interesting. There are that's some really cool
0: visual ideas, yeah. though. When he's talking about the dagger, and it's it's awesome. The dagger thing, I think, it's a great example of like the two different uh, sensibilities of like from Cohen to Polanski. Polanski's version, a literal imaginary dag- phantom dagger. Like starts appears in front of him, right? And he keep when he when he's looking at it, he looks away, it disappears. I thought that was awesome. It kind of looks like um, a video game waypoint <laughs> now. <Cute>. In hindsight, <sighs> but it's cute. But um, in Denzel's, well, in the Copeland's version, Denzel's work walking towards the door, and the dagger is symbolized through like the slit, like through the door, the cracks on the door. It looks like a dagger, and uh...
1: then,
0: and that's leading him to it. I thought that was really really cool. Yeah, that's... but. Again, it felt like, with the Denzel version, it felt like the actors are know they're doing Shakespeare. And they're Americans
2: yeah. doing it. It's
0: just... And they're American, too, so it really, like, it's... What did you think of Frances McDormand? Was she good? Did you no. Guys
2: think she... I mean, she had no part in this. Like, uh, she had zero part in this. What did she even do? Yeah,
0: that's true. The Lady Macbeth and Polanski's version, I think, has a, a, a bit more agency. Yeah, if anything, script. she has more screen time. Well, what do you think about the changes they made towards the end of polanski's version i'm pretty sure the play doesn't end with the new king coming across the witches again
1: oh it doesn't
0: because that's how the Polanski that's how the polanski version ends it's like the new king and he hears the prophecy again and it's like hinting at the idea indicating that it's like this violence this it's a cycle right Mm -hmm. okay this ball they'll keep rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling love the way both films interpreted the witches.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was actually That's the coolest part of the Coen's version. That
0: is the... That's the... Yeah, that's... I don't
1: know, actually. That's a good uh, question. The difference between both of those...
0: They both want to do something different. It feels like both of them want to do something different with the material. Yeah. And to justify itself as an adaptation, but... Yeah. Yeah, but... To varying degrees of success. The
1: ending fight scenes were very... I mean one oh, of them so was...
0: both of them did <laughs> mm-hmm. they were both good they were both good they were both um,
1: cool yeah the 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 polanski one had that one with the you know the ball thing remember that yeah that was really cool that was awesome Love that
0: i like the polanski one because it feels like he's they are actually uh, they're actually existing in the real world world there's a texture to the environments and i love the i love the the locations the castle on top of that cliff
2: yeah it actually look like scotland which
0: is where it's supposed it actually to be looked set. like scotland probably <laughs> i don't know if the cohen's one whether it's just so intentional that they want everything so stripped back or is it because like they the you know cohen. covid started during one Cohen. covid started and they it's just one cohen yeah just one cohen if joel cohen wanted that everything completely stripped out and everything to be more uh, Implication and metaphorical. Is that a production restriction because of COVID, or is it because of what he, or is that what he had in mind all along? Or was was it just
2: going on like the illusion of theater that when you're seeing on a stage, you believe everything that's told to you, yeah. but it doesn't really oh. oh, work. True. Oh shit! <laughs> I don't think it fully that's, works yeah. the same way in film. Like mm. you need the support mm. in film. The suspension of like disbelief is kind of ruined by just every other film giving you all of it so Mm. yeah i don't know
1: it just felt like a waste like the this guy who's very very skilled at like dialogue and screenwriting being like no i'm just gonna do shakespeare (laughs) and make it look cool (laughs) and this would be a play
2: that's been done so (sighs) many times in film like yeah um,
1: yeah, I would have appreciated it being like that.
0: Both of these are better than the Michael Vassman version, just to get that out. The whisper oh,
1: version, for everyone's whisper. The whisper version.
0: <laughs> Mary and Coty are whispering, like, what did she say? I can't tell. But,
1: uh, Her accent's too thick. The, the, yeah, this would have been a cool music video, that's what I could thinking. Yeah. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, actually, yeah. yes, it would. <laughs> It would be much better served as a music video. There are some great shots here, some great uh, transitions and visual ideas. There's a shot where it zooms into the tapestry of his tent, and then that becomes the corridor where Lady Macbeth emerges. Like that, I thought that was sick. But it's so hard to pay attention to the dialogue. It's with, with the Cohen version, with the Joel Coen, Joel Cohen version. But while, while in the Polanski version, it felt. Like, there's a lot more emotional intent behind everything, right? It really feels like a, stru- a, a, a struggle with a existential struggle with, like, mankind's desire for violence. Have you guys realized? I've, this is just something I, I picked up on. When <laughs> both, none of these characters, both of these Macbeths, Den, uh, Denzel and the other guys, I can't see the good nature that Lady Macbeth speaks of in her introduction. Like, yeah, none of these guys seem like you. all that great and righteous in the first place. So when Lady Macbeth is like, oh, but he possesses the milk of good nature, and I must be cruel for him. like, No, he's not, not this guy. This, guy's a, this guy was, like, thinking about surfing the throne the moment he heard the prophecy. Like, he was totally down to do it. <laughs> what good nature. It was weird.
1: Maybe she thinks that's her definition of good. Yeah. Is
0: that he's not immediately willing to, like, stab somebody. Yeah. Is that means that he's good-natured. <laughs>
1: He's not immediately willing I mean, to kill someone, yeah.
2: He has some the remorse guy. about it. So I guess at least he mm, has mm, a conscience.
0: That comes through a lot better in the Polanski version. Well, yeah, there's none like, of he's it not in really the willing.
2: Cohen one, is there?
0: Yeah, Denzel was ready to go.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> like, cold and detached. I mean, I watched it at times too. Because I couldn't, oh God, I cu- and I down. couldn't even watch it for more than 15 minutes at a time because it was so soul destroying. Like, I don't want to be in a just miserable land of darkness, and pain. Like, you know, at least, <laughs> you know, I could watch the whole of the Polanski one straight in one go. It wasn't boring. Mm. It was, you know, it was, parts of it were fun. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I didn't like the animal cruelty, that was horrible. Yeah. But mm. other than that, pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's a, it delivers on like the the fun stuff I think,
0: and it's also suspenseful. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, the murder so that was great. That, yeah. that shot, that one shot of them cleaning like your hands and then going like, hurry, hearing a knock, and then it, it keeps it just keeps going and going and going. It's awesome. It actually feels like these guys are feel terrible about what they've done and like are unable to stop themselves from like acting, like giving into that afterwards. While Denzel and Francis McDormand feel it just looks like they know they're in a Shakespeare play and they're delivering all their lines, what how they think that an austere, you know, Mm -hmm. Shakespeare production would be like, as opposed to sounding like human beings.
2: So that's why everyone this is why people don't like Shakespeare because it's done in this way, like
1: where actors are like very into it, that it's almost gross.
2: Yeah, yeah, like do you think that like straight Shakespeare adaptations? Work in cinema.
1: I've never
0: seen one that actually like
1: like. I Gen mean, in Brown cinema ones or what? Like.
2: Like any any Shakespeare adaptation that's just okay. like. No, Not I mean not, not adaptation um, just like straight Shakespeare like this like the Mac Macbeth. I do well, y-
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it does work. I think certainly yeah, there's a, an argument to be made for like mm-hmm. preserving these myths and updating them with visuals that are present and stuff, but I, I, I don't think it's, it's necessary. I really think it, the, the work works l- as a live performance, probably. It works as a text. And you can do other things. Like, the Polanski thing, the, the thing that makes it work is that it, it also, like, you know, is a movie. It's not like being like, yeah. we're putting on this play, but it happens to be on a camera. No, it feels like a movie. Yeah, and you gotta use the medium, so
2: yeah, like as cheesy as the voiceovers are, they kind of work for the monologue. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: they work because the actors saw it yeah. as, as well. Like,
1: yeah, that's actually it's, it's also fun, the music.
0: Right? So... It's not afraid to be creepy and weird with the music. They got like a very, I think, a more experimental band. And also the existence of like these. Bass riffs, <laughs> these incredible, like very seventies, like bass yeah. riffs. And Macbeth is plotting, awesome, so good, <laughs> very my shit. Yeah, see,
1: you see, all that stuff is like stuff that is, you know, comes with commercial cinema. It's mm-hmm. it's stuff that I I think works in this medium and 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 it's unique to it and and that that's like uh, I don't know, it's like taking a really good steak and being like okay well we'll make it into a really uh into a, a hamburger it's like yeah sure mm. but you could just have it on its own and it would be fine i don't know i don't know what i mean but but i just well think
0: it makes it's hard just to get people into shakespeare and that's why they want to always try something different with it
1: yeah i suppose
0: but i just think that because cool, it already has the that people who are,
1: who are not into shakespeare won't be like oh i'm totally gonna watch this now they're yeah. just gonna watch dr strange And and it's gonna be like using whatever underlying structure that was written by him, and then it's gonna be like.
2: Well, it's like that's
1: their version of it.
2: If a if a you know Coen Brothers fan is like, oh, I like the Coen Brothers, I'll go and try Macbeth. You know, I don't really know Shakespeare, and then they watch it, and then Shakespeare is ruined for them because they think it's this straight, (laughs) lace, really dark and intense thing, and it's completely wrong. (laughs) And then that's Shakespeare ruined for them. Like, if that's the only chance they were going to give it.
1: It It's also very weird to see, a. a, you know, the Coen brothers are famous for their ability to mix humor with, like, serious subject matter. Exactly. None of that is here.
0: (laughs) None of... Which makes me question whether it's Ethan who has, like, the the darker humor streak. He really (laughs) needs the other guy. And the more human touch.
1: um, Yeah, maybe, honestly, maybe it's that. It's like when you listen to, like, solo... McCartney records or solo John Lennon mm-hmm. records, and you're like, "What? This is too raw, or this is too silly." This has
0: the uh, eccentricness. Like I guess Joel uh, here has like gives that eccentricness and like darker edge. But I guess even the one who balances out with like the good the good lines and the good humor.
1: Shut the fuck up, Macbeth! <laughs> I'm not
0: talking to you. <laughs> It would be great if they did that. It would be actually awesome if they took like fun <laughs> with it. Just completely trans- like adapted the script to like their own vernacular. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, that would have been fun. Polanski's t- took more risks, like I think liberties, than this one. Making the witches a pagan witch cult is awesome.
2: So, I, you know um, the naked- but all the naked women are in the, that cave? For some reason, yeah. we watched that one scene in my high school English class, and I just had <laughs> oh, flashbacks dude. as soon as I watched it. Oh my god! I don't we we weren't even studying Macbeth. I don't know why we watched it. Oh, <laughs> just <weird>. watch. <laughs>
0: I just put this scene on for you guys.
1: I this, you know, it's just so weird that you, I've. I wish I was there with the people making the Polanski one. I just want to know. It seems like a very weird experience to be like, okay, well, this guy went through this th- very public thing and now he's like, you're on a grip on the film set and you're like watching him sort of reenact it and, and like, yeah. uh, it must have been very surreal.
0: The stuff about like, they've made so much of an emphasis on them washing the blood off their hands. Mm-hmm. Like that felt like something he fixated on. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's getting... It's- it's subtext just- the sub- when the subtext just becomes the text, you're like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it takes over, honestly. It's very hard to- to just see it as anything other than that. I also like the castles and the- the visuals, like, Oh, yeah. The, mm-hmm. Just then- the, the- It's exterior. shot- both
0: of these films are shot beautifully.
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: Wait, did Roger Deakins- did the tragedy- I'm just trying to figure out- Of course out. he did, right? Always... No, he didn't!
1: Oh, really? Who did he?
0: This was shot by the same guy who, oh, who did uh, French French
1: Dispatch? Oh, interesting.
0: And Amelie. Okay, so he's like a
1: He's fr- so French. Cool. That's how we got. He's now. French.
0: No, he's worked with the Coens before. He did Inside Llewyn Davis.
1: Your favorite Coens one, I guess. Mm.
0: No. It's 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 True Grit. It'll oh, always yeah. be True Grit. <laughs>
1: Forgot
0: I I love that movie so much. I can't tell these are the same guys. The same guy who made True Grit. If you're watching this, you're like, okay, I don't see any of the warmth here. The slyness in the language. Yeah. Shall we take a break? Yeah. And we're back! Now, step right up, ladies and gentlemen. Seven reels, let's rate right them up! Mm-hmm. Who wants to go
1: first? Michelle, I feel like you're, you've got it locked. <laughs>
0: Michelle, I think you have the strongest opinion here.
2: Yep, seven to Polanski.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, my God, that makes it SME a a,
2: a, a real 1st No, we did it. In, Yusuf said that about the clouds of... Oh, yeah, S- yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I hate that movie <laughs> so much. You did your
0: buddy Orson dirty in such that, no. Dumb movie.
1: Um, okay, <laughs> sorry. I would go um, uh what would you rate this? Probably five and two I feel or yeah yeah yeah. Actually five and two, yeah. I was gonna say four and three to be a bit more like diplomatic and change, but I don't know. Five and two seems right.
0: I think the Polanski Mm -hmm. is just a lot stronger in general. It feels more like a movie. It feels like you're watching a movie. It's and it's fun. Mm -hmm. I will have to go with the same rating, unfortunately. This one just isn't hitting for me, Joel. You got you got to Yeah, or try or just harder next write time. the
1: script. You're really good at that. You're, you're so
0: Yeah, just do your own stuff. Why do Macbeth as your first like solo? It's such a Ah, it's such, he, I guess he wanted to know like, this is my calling card as like my own independent director. This brings us to what have we watched this week? What, what have you watched?
1: All right. Well, um I I watched uh, The Birdcage. Cage it's a movie with robin williams and nathan lane and it's a mike nichols movie it's a, a lot of fun it has gene hackman in it playing this conservative guy his daughter is marrying robin williams's son and it's hilarious it's honestly so funny It 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 manages to like Kind of be progressive and also like not lame and and in the same way not preachy but uh, but mm-hmm. really just a fun fun time uh, and and light and and just just mm-hmm. a bright like it's the opposite of the tra- the tragedy of Macbeth I shall <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just a fun time and, <laughs> uh, yeah I I loved it
0: that sounds really good I'm gonna give that a go.
2: I mean mine's very similar when I watch, cuz I watched, I watched oh, the new nice. Downton Abbey movie. Oh, I, can't, it was I can't wait. So good. I loved <laughs> it. Like it, I mean it's it's very kind of cheesy and like nostalgic and it feels like they're really tying everything up and I hope they don't make mm. it another one because they might ruin it. But there's just like it's just really fun. Like there's a cuz it's all like um they're shooting a film at Downton and then all the extras quit and so the the servants have to dress up like the rich people and they get to sit in the dining room where they always serve and pretend like they're rich for a little bit it's really fun
1: actually light and funny
0: having seen the show this is huge like this will be like i can't wait (laughs) i thought it was a really like darker
1: more dramatic show
0: no, it's not. but nothing interesting. It revels in nothing happening. <laughs> like <Yeah. it's> just, <laughs> this and like the Gilded Age are masterclass on like how to write n- <laughs> zero plot progression. But still somehow entertaining. <laughs> yeah, and still keep your audience like <laughs> entertained.
1: Thought so it was all like being like, oh, Samantha didn't serve us properly, fire her, and then she <laughs> <to laughs> It's a okay. little bit...
2: <laughs>
0: it's a little bit of that there's a little bit of that okay, well, <laughs> you're I, uh, I want to check it out oh really? we watched the after party did you like it? we unfortunately oh, didn't like it as much because we guessed get, we did you it you got it? Yeah.
1: How, so,
0: how did and you get it? we were just it? waiting for them to get to it the guy uh, was ignored yeah and I was like well what's a show like this gonna do? and you're like if you're gonna go through everybody it's gonna be re- it's gonna be the probably somebody who, who you interview uh, early so you don't suspect it until the end
1: and Damn. then he does have the I most it motive. it would be, like, okay. his face, Ike Holtz Yeah. Oh, I love him. He's so good. I love good. How at one point he, uh, he tells the story of uh, him seeing his daughter, and then he says in the story that he told his uh, ex-wife, Oh, shit, I shit my pants. I have to go. <laughs> that was his, his way <laughs> of solving it up. <laughs> so dumb. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was I like some of the silly. jokes. And the musical episode was fun, so I thought that was, like...
0: I love all the... Yeah, that was, those mm-hmm. were great. All right, that brings us to our recommendations.
1: Well, I could start if you want. So, uh, my recommendation is mm-hmm. somewhat related, uh, not very explicitly. It's a movie called Me and Orson Welles by uh, Richard Linklater. So, uh yeah it's a it's a really like nice that. movie it's kind of just like uh light as well and fun it's uh about a, f- a friendship between you know uh zach Efron's character <laughs> richard samuels and uh, orson wells who gives him a small part in his 1937 production of julius caesar so mm-hmm. so it's uh it's a kind of shakespeare related yeah
0: I think Zac Efron is actually has yeah. some acting he's,
1: chops. He's not bad, yeah. He's mis- he's kind of misused. his good Neighbors.
0: He's not bad. That's great. My recommendation is, for its own namesake, Lady Macbeth. An excellent oh. film. It's not really an adaptation. It's the, don't worry, that's it almost nothing to do with the actual Macbeth. But, but well, thematically, it does. Um, it stars Florence Pugh in one of her earliest roles. I think, I think this is her breakout role. That or The Falling. I'm not sure which one. I've uh, got her on stage more. But she's excellent in this. She's so good. And the story is so twisty and so messed up. Um, it, and it that still follows that Shakespearean tragedy arc of like you start out really kind of wanting this guy's this girl to succeed and her to get what she like get what she deserves, but then she just can't stop herself and she just keeps going and taking and taking and taking. It's awesome. That's my recommendation.
2: So when I saw that film at the cinema, when it like the end credits came on someone in the audience just goes wow
0: (laughs) (laughs) see that's that's great see that's isn't i like that's a much better recommendation than i could ever give yeah wow
1: yeah
0: it's so good it's like gone girl but a period piece that's the best way i can sell it like the best version of gone girl as a period piece
2: my recommendation, actually, I can't remember which version it is, but it's one of the 70s King Lears So it's either the Russian one, which is by Grigory Stev, which, mm-hmm. if you know your Russian composers, the music was actually composed for it by Shostakovich. Ooh. And or it's the Peter Brook one, also from the 70s. One of them was really good, but I can't remember which one. So
1: <laughs> You can watch both.
2: Yep figure
1: it out <laughs> yeah check out both and and tell us
0: <laughs> tweet us
2: mm-hmm. and
0: tell us and let us know it's so funny Have you, has anyone actually seen like the Kenneth Branagh adaptations mm-hmm. no. like what I guess most people consider to be the no. most faithful and
2: didn't I, Ethan Hawke do a Hamlet
0: yeah set in modern day yeah um, yeah I, I watched parts of that I didn't get what was going so, on
1: so um, what are we watching next week
2: Oh yeah, so we're watching David Lean's Brief Encounter and Mm -hmm. Falling in Love by Ulu Grosbard, which has Robert De Niro and Meryl Streep in it.
0: It's also like Brief Encounters about like... um, Oh yeah, it's like
2: described as the Brief Encounter equivalent of the 80s. So there you go. (laughs)
1: Just more
0: disco music. Cool. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. So join us all next week. Keep it safe. Thank you. And keep it real! Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> the 7th is hosted by Marvin Huang, Michelle Hassel, and Yusuf El-Bashir. Logo by Joe Conti. Our ad break music is composed by Yusuf Sui and our
2: outro music is composed by Yehia El-Bashir. Thanks for listening.